especially in the antebellum era uh, and pursuant to the uh, ideology and tenets of Calhounism, which we discussed uh, in a previous episode, uh, the governing principle of the Democratic Party, as far as their political purposes and ambitions went, uh, were the uh, expansion of slavery uh, into new territories and regions, and also constant attempts to uh, recruit federal protections uh, for slavery. Uh, of course, uh, both of these hopes or attempts or pursuits or what have you uh, are rejections of the uh, un- uh, founding era institution understanding of the institution. Uh, and then several large-scale events really helped to illustrate this, uh, which are going to be covered in this and subsequent episodes, uh, specifically the annexation of Texas, uh, the Mexican-American War, uh, the Ostend Manifesto, and a series of smaller events as well, which will be covered kind of in a, a single episode. So in dealing with the annexation of Texas, um, to kind of set the groundwork here, uh, there was never a Democrat president in office, an administration, especially when, uh, as seems to be the case historically, uh, were often elected with a, a significant, if not majority, control in the House and Senate. And at no time did uh, these officials not seek some way to expand slavery, uh, either through the purchase of new slave territory, uh, the annexation of new slave territory, uh, or ultimately, and this will be the case, uh, the uh, invasion of slave territory. And often these attempts uh, were uh, clandestine and followed a specific pattern where diplomatic measures would first be attempted, uh, then purchase, and then finally uh, some attempt to instigate an armed confrontation uh, to justify military operations. Now, Martin Van Buren, uh, he's kind of the first one that comes into play here. Now, he resisted uh, the many calls from the Democratic side to annex the uh, the Texas region at this time, uh, specifically because it would create tension in the United States uh, by its existence as a slave territory, uh, and also because it was very heavily laden uh, with its own debt. Now, Texas this time, it wasn't a territory, but it had uh, actually successfully fought a war against uh, Mexico and established itself as an independent nation. And Texas, understandably, wanted to uh, join the United States and be annexed because of the type of protections that that would provide. Uh, they would be insulated from uh, any future wars or aggression from Mexico, they hoped, uh, if they were a possession of the United States. Now, John Tyler was a Jackson Democrat who assumed the presidency uh, in 1841. Uh, they actually called him uh, his accidency. <laughs> uh, he was the first uh, vice president to assume the presidency because of the death of the president, in this case, William Henry Harrison, uh, which there will be an emerging historical pattern where the death of the president uh, results in sometimes a far worse circumstance 
of someone being placed into power. Now, as soon as Tyler was placed uh, into the presidency, he began taking steps to reopen uh, diplomatic recognition and negotiations with Texas concerning annexation. And one of the first things he did uh, was start to fill any positions possible uh, with uh, government officials that favored annexation. Now, this obviously elicited uh, immediate uh, condemnation and threats from Mexico, uh, threatening war, uh, or at the very least, the severing of diplomatic relations if he continued to uh, engage with Texas in this respect. And, of course, the acquisition of slave territory far outweighed any potential uh, for uh, diplomatic sacrifice here. And this would be another pattern that emerges as we go through some of these events. Now, at the same time that uh, Tyler and the Democrat Party are, are really trying to uh, establish some kind of control of Texas, uh, so is Britain. Uh, and Britain's acting the part of a mediator between the uh, kind of the, the, the free and independent Texas nation uh, and Mexico. And one of the tenets offered by Britain uh, was that Texas should abolish slavery, and by doing so it would be a gesture of goodwill. And this uh, horrified uh, Democratic politicians in the United States. Uh, if Texas was to become a essentially a free territory, uh, that would be problematic in two ways. Uh, first, it would remove really the incentive for acquiring Texas because the undergirding purpose for that was to gain more political power for the slave states. Uh, Texas was a massive region at this time. Uh, they, they figured they could probably get three states out of it. So if you can get two out of those three uh, newly formed states to be slave states, so that's four more senators and then however many representatives in the House. So it was a, it was a political power play. And the other fear uh, was that if uh, Texas became a free territory, that would be a very close region uh, for fugitive slaves to escape to. Instead of having to uh, flee uh, through the north into Canada, through the Underground Railroad, uh, they could just run next door. So it kind of recalled the, uh, the fears that revolved the Spanish uh, Empire in Florida in the uh, colonial era. Now, so concerned were they by this that uh, the infamous John C. Calhoun... Uh, who at this time was serving as the Secretary of State uh, under President Tyler, uh, he contacted the uh, British envoy uh, then in Washington, and he frames their actions as an act of aggression since they were outside of their own borders. And he writes, uh, but when Britain goes beyond her own boundaries and avows it as her settled policy and the object of her constant exertions to abolish slavery throughout the world. She makes it the duty of all other countries whose safety or prosperity may be endangered by her policy to adopt such measures as they may deem necessary for their protection. It is with still deeper concern the President regards the avowal of Lord Aberdeen of the desire 
of Great Britain to see slavery abolished in Texas, and, as he infers, is endeavoring through her diplomacy to accomplish it by making the abolition of slavery one of the conditions on which Mexico should acknowledge her independence. Now, in this particular communication, uh, Calhoun is introducing what would be one of the most popular and unfortunately successful arguments uh, made by uh, Democrat statesmen uh, during this period to expand slavery uh, and even to enter wars uh, on behalf of slavery. And they simply, uh, just as they constantly phrased any anti-slavery uh, legislation or, or even publications as being violence, as being an assault on their people, uh, and therefore uh, justifying violence and aggressive resistance, uh, now they took that policy and made that their new uh, foreign policy, where any time, uh, say in this case Britain, uh, sought to uh, establish some anti-slavery policy or abolitionist policy in another country, as long as that region was even close to the United States, then that was an act of aggression, and that was a national security threat. Uh, so that would, uh, by using this language and trying to classify these events in this way, uh, the attempt was being made to justify federal involvement. Uh, so in Calhoun's mind, if America had decided to, uh, let's say, invade another nation, uh, that could be justified by saying, well, yeah, but, you know, that nation is close to us. And so if it uh, was uh, determined itself to be abolitionist, then it would be a threat to us. And that's obviously not accurate. It would be a threat only to southern states and only to the event uh, that their slaves could escape. Uh, but just as it was predicted in the founding era and even before, the mere existence of slavery and the obsession and fixation of the Democrat states with slavery rendered them vulnerable, uh, which at this point was a choice that they had willingly made, having uh, rejecting uh, new technologies, uh, new agricultural sciences, new seed strains and the like, uh, all because they treasured slavery and the strange kind of racial caste system that they had built up in those states, uh, really since the colonial era, uh, where they themselves got to enjoy lofty seats as some type of aristocracy, while the slaves and also the overwhelming majority of, uh, air quotes, free whites uh, lived in a, a manner that was uh, seldom much better than those of the enslaved. And so, uh, so powerful were these uh, motives and these purposes and these intentions that the uh, Secretary of State uh, wrote really a scathing letter to the British envoy, which is a country that uh, we had really only become friendly with since uh, the conclusion of the War of 1812. So that's still a, a tenuous kind of agreement there. Unless we uh, make the mistake of assuming that perhaps uh, John C. Calhoun, due to his radical nature uh, is anti-constitutional, anti-founding, pro-slavery, uh, kind of identity politics self, uh, that he was an outlier. Uh, Tyler actually uh, mimicked his communication a lot of ways in a treaty that he then proposed to the Senate in 1844. And in this treaty, he claimed that abolition of Texas 
uh, abolition in Texas, rather, was a direct threat to the southern slave states. Uh, and like normal, uh, unusual, uh, cited concerns of slave insurrection and, and uh, slaves escaping. Uh, and, of course, the only logical way to uh, resist this possibility, it wasn't to imitate the North uh, in, in uh, you know, decades' worth of gradual emancipation. Uh, no, the solution uh, was to uh, use federal power to protect and expand slavery through annexing Texas. Now, there's going to be a little bit of administrative overlap here because James Polk, another Democrat, was elected president. And so he and Tyler actually kind of worked together uh, between 1844 and then 1845, uh, whenever Polk assumed power. And just to solidify how vital this was to the Democratic Party and no one else, uh, the 1844 Democrat Party platform uh, read, read in part that the reoccupation of Oregon and the reannexation of Texas at the earliest practicable period are great American measures, which this convention recommends to the cordial support of the democracy of the Union. So again, they're trying to involve the entire nation into the affairs that only impact them, which is a strange reversal of uh, you know, the kind of the, the state nullification or so-called states' rights, which is uh, absurdity. But the Democrat Party throughout this period felt that states should be able to nullify any federal laws that they felt was unconstitutional. So I don't like that law, so I'm going to say it's unconstitutional and enforce it, uh, which, of course, we see in the modern day also with sanctuary cities that are in direct violation of the enumerated powers uh, given to Congress. Uh, but that wasn't really a new thing. Uh, state nullification was initially used uh, as a means of protecting and expanding slavery. So there's a fun uh, historical connection to explore there. The um, the mention there of Oregon and Texas uh, also illustrates kind of an, an interesting uh, kind of example of the slave pursuit. So at the same time that uh, the Democratic administrations are pursuing Texas relentlessly, uh, Oregon was pretty well left to fend for itself. Now the Oregon Territory, uh, we were in conversations with Britain at the time as far as uh, drawing up actual distinct lines of ownership and the like. Uh, but to to reduce a kind of eye-wateringly diplomatic and political thing to its simplest terms, uh, all we would have had to have done to acquire Oregon essentially was come to an agreement and maybe offered uh, to purchase additional land from Britain, and then we would have owned uh, what was then the Oregon Territory. So compare that to all the difficulties involved uh, with Texas uh, involving its debt involving potential war with Mexico, severing of, uh, the severing of diplomatic ties with Mexico, and of course running afoul uh, diplomatically of Britain as well. So one questions, well, why this pursuit of Texas over the pursuit of Oregon? And the answer is a very simple one, and that's Oregon, Oregon territory was opposed to slavery, and Texas was not. And so 
Uh, it made perfect sense at the time, uh, considering the governing philosophy of the Democratic Party, uh, to pursue the slave territory at all costs and eventually get the other one as well if it was after the initial needs were met for the protection and expansion of slavery. So in 1845, uh, Polk tried to circumvent the kind of existing concerns, diplomatic concerns concerning Texas by sending uh, an unofficial emissary uh, to offering to purchase New Mexico and California uh, for $30 million. And he wanted to kind of bypass diplomatic channels and kind of do a kind of a handshake deal. Uh, what's kind of strange about this, though, is it's really not clear uh, how he intended to provide this funding uh, had the Mexican authorities accepted, which they did not. They rejected him outright. Uh, actually kind of even rejected his emissary. It was a bit of an undignified proceeding. Uh, but in 1845, eventually, the bill was finally forced through Congress uh, that approved of the annexation of Texas. And so with it, the United States acquired a significant amount of, of debt uh, and new slave territory. Uh, of course, much to the much to the hoorahs of the uh, Democrats in the House and the Senate and the various states and the presidency at this time. Uh, but the other side had a, a slightly different take on it. Uh, John Adams, uh, he referred to this uh, annexation as uh, an apocalyptic event. Uh, he wrote... The treaty for the annexation of Texas to this union was this day sent to the Senate, and with it went the freedom of the human race. And what John Adams is referring to here is that this territory would undoubtedly become slave territory, or increase the power of the slave states, and with it uh, any hope of effectively battling uh, slavery through uh, the federal government means, and any hope to resist that uh, kind of perversion of the government away from the founding ideals and into the uh, concepts of Calhounism. Uh, now, this this would uh, be far from an isolated episode. Uh, in fact, the annexation of Texas would uh, prove to be one of the, the tamer uh, means used by Democrat administrations to acquire slave territory. Uh, the next event, unfortunately for the United States, uh, resulted in the and a war, the Mexican-American War, and so we will cover that uh, in the next episode. <laughs>